This is the Power Breakfast Show podcast series. Podcast series. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital. Power 102 Digital. All right, that's who we are. That's who we are. Thank you so much to the wonderful folks out at Bermudez, the makers of Cricks. Your vital supply. Keep it in the car, in the truck, on the bus, in the maxi, in your office. Just have a pack of Cricks handy. Cricks goes with everything, and you know that. Cricks and cheese, yum yum, my favorite. All right, so thank you so much to the wonderful folks out of Bermudez. We have a news brief coming up at 8 o'clock, and that's all good to see Champlain Auto Services. Speaking of which, let's take a look at what's happening traffic-wise. Getting on the Valencia stretch, you've got some traffic. Santa Rosa from Piaco straight down to Yui, you've got some traffic there this morning. And just by Val Saint heading towards Barataria, the Barataria flyover is a bit busy after that. It's not too bad heading in Fort of Spain. It's a lot lighter than um, that what you've driven in before. Going to Takarigo, Makoya, Paget, Turupuna, Mount Hope, and of course, Sixth Avenue. And Mobile Junction, you've got some traffic there. Kelly Village got some traffic. I got an accident to tell you about. One accident to tell you about. Let me just tell you where it is. Uh, it's northbound, Uriah Butler Highway. And that is, where should I tell you? Where should I? Before Carony, all right? Somewhere between Monroe Road and Carony is where that accident is. Northbound. Don't know how serious it is, but it is causing a backup, all right? Uh, leaving San Fernando. Let's check that out for a quick second before we get our guest online. Yeah. Southern Main Road going to Claxton Bay is heavy. Creek is not too bad. Riverland Road is heavy. Coover towards Edinburgh also a bit heavy this morning. All right, just so a quick traffic update for you. Hope it helped you out in um, in one way or the other. All right, let's get the results of our morning poll, gentlemen. I have two votes for you so far, and let me just give you those votes. Um, and it is from Central Animal Lover. It says no to the poll and stop driving like a maniac, people. Ms. Maloney said yes. That's our final. All right. Well, um, in in all, uh, twenty nine people. Yeah, twenty nine people voted on the poll this all right. morning. Odd number, lovely. Yeah. So of the twenty nine people, and of course, of course, just in case you're wondering what our poll was, it is, um, do you think that the government should revisit the increase in fuel prices? Um, sixteen of you said no. You don't think they should revisit it. Thirteen of you said yes. Um, I don't know if Paul, you or you are. Uh, Got those exact same results. Yes, we are. On yeah, we are going on in sync. Great. So, um, for a lot of it, it was even. It was 50 50. I mean, 50%, 50%. So, it was pretty much split in the middle. Um, but of course, the nose um, zoomed ahead that the government should not reconsider it, which is a kind of a strange thing. You would think people may, may want. Um, on this show, really? Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Are you sure? Are you sure? No, man. So then some people... Um, the, the vote is quite know. what I expected. It is. Yeah. Good morning, Next. Mr. Riley. Dexter Riley is the CEO of Unipet, and he's joined us this morning. Good morning, Mr. Riley. How are you? You're still oh, muted. You're on mute. Unmute. There he goes. 
Yeah, we have that problem sometimes. Yeah, there you go. Good Here morning, we go. Gentlemen. Right. Sorry morning. about that. Hi, yeah, good morning. Right. Morning, Paul. Morning, Steve. Richard. Recording in progress. Morning, Steve. morning. Wednesday as well. Morning, Chan Tobago. Thank you Excellent. for having you know, what's, what's well, you yeah. on our poll? <laughs> well, um, you take a deep breath there, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is useful information. And, you know, people are contemplating this actively. And they, some people have, you know, different perspective based on the information available to them and based on the challenges in front of them. So I understand it. But so I think again, the question, sense, what say you, Mr. Riley? What is your vote to the poll? Or, or my vote. Yeah, do you think no. that government should reconsider the fuel increases? No. You should not reconsider. You should not reconsider. Well, let's start off there because I know um, gas station operators would have had problems in terms of the range between what they are allowed to charge and how much they were paying for the fuel. And I know I'm, I'm stating it badly. I'm saying it's that range, but that percentage that you were allowed to charge and, and it, was, um, it was supposed to have changed and you were supposed to go into a more of a free market situation where one gas station could charge more if they wish than another and people could chop around. Has that happened as yet or are you still in a restricted mode? Well, uh, as of today, it has not happened. Um, what we have to see, we have to wait and see the details of the, the order that's going to be pricing order is going to be released to effect the change, the current change, to understand the fullness of what was going to happen going forward. But the, it has not happened to date as yet. How is the present pricing structure uh, affecting your margins, your business model? So um, it has uh, had the industry face some uh, liquidity challenges um, because taxes, as you may recall, in 2016 increased by 300%. Uh, just to give you some context, over uh, one day, taxes as an industry would have probably moved from around 17 million to 50 million. So that has put a lot of uh, pressure on, on the industry as well as just the general. Uh, inflationary costs that we have had to bear, given that we are dangerous goods industry and there's a lot of money in, spent in health and safety, in security, and uh, in assets. So it has been um, challenging. However, I must add that following the campaign that you all, we all very familiar with, that we have had earlier in the last five years, we got an adjustment um, in July uh, 2020 in the margin, which did uh, improve circumstances, um, but it still is very uh, challenging. The, I know the pandemic, when there was the severe lockdown uh, and restricted movements, I know service stations would have felt a, a bit of that pinch because people were just not moving around and uh, gas sales and, and diesel sales were down. Would that be accurate? And how did that affect your general uh, last three quarters or so, or four quarters. Yeah. So what we have seen both in 2020 uh, and 2021, there's a time when volume went down by 60%. Of course, that's in the height of the lockdown. But overall, um, at the end of the year, volumes were down by 20% and you know, still have not fully recovered. And that has uh, put some pressure 
on, on the uh, earnings of the industry, of course, because it's based on the margin. And once and the margins are fixed and they're small, so once volumes go down, yes, you'll find that there is some financial um, effect on the industry, adverse effect on the industry, the retailers and the wholesalers. And also in terms of the, the, the operations generally, I know many of the businesses, you were one who had to become quite innovative. Uh, Unipet is not a, a gas station operator. It's a service station where you sell gas and diesel, but you also have a quick shop. Well, not quick shop. That's, not the, that's the other brand. <laughs> you, you have, sorry about that. You have yeah, other sorry. services that you offer in terms a of convenience food, store. Convenience yeah. store. Yes. Yes. Um, so, you know, being the private sector player um, in the industry, um, we are a catalyst of change. Um, and we um, always focus on how can we innovate to provide better services um, for our customers. And also, how can we provide leadership to improve the circumstances of all the players in the industry, all the retailers across the networks, and in particular our network. And uh, we have collaborated with them in terms of, you know, finding these solutions and working together to make it better for our customers and for them. Um, so we have had a very um, strong uh, board with great leadership that has supported management in driving innovation and supported management taking risk and investment in finding new solutions to existing problems. And, and that kind of feeds straight into um, uh, our leadership in terms of the clean energy. And you would have seen uh, in our Brentwood station, that was the first station in the Caribbean that would have had uh, an EV charger and solar panels installed on it to power, uh, the, uh, power the station. And since then, we have added um, two more. So we have three locations that are available to the public. And uh, in 2022, we're going to be adding a number more. Uh, a number more. Well, that's good because, you know, you'd think because EV chargers take a little while, even though the technology is improving, you want to have a place where people can actually go to pass that time away, which is where your convenience store comes in. And and so I suppose it can be more and more integrated in terms of um, EV chargers and that wait time that people who have EVs um, take to charge up their vehicles. So that's always a consideration. Is that part of your plan? Certainly, certainly. And what we intend to do is to keep on adding um, other services so that as people um, charge their vehicles, um, you know, they can keep the time productive. And so those, you know, this asks the population stay tuned as we roll those innovative, um, exciting things out in the future. Because we do understand that uh, the environment is changing and fuel is becoming more and more expensive. And uh, clean energy is something that's important for the next generation and even our generation as well. So we are taking initiative uh, with the support and leadership of our board to, to make that bold step. Mr. Rally, you said earlier on you do not think the, the government should reconsider the fuel price increases. Why? And how will that increase affect your business? Very good question, Paul. Um, what, we, what we recognize is that this is a difficult time. It's a difficult time for everyone. And um, what has to happen is that we have to find a way to share the burden and to collaborate, to work together to find a solution um, to move the economy forward. And if we take a second and look at the situation the government is facing, uh, at current prices, uh, subsidy could end up being between $2 billion to $2.5 billion at the end of this year. That's a big jump from $700 million last year. And 
What that means is that it, they will have to redirect um, funds from programs that are needed, social programs, whether it is hospital, investment in the hospital, in, in salaries, in, in, you know, employment. And that's a decision that they have to make if it is they, de they decide not to adjust the subsidy issue. We do recognize that our consumers um, will also be uh, facing some challenge with that as well. In fact, you know, the last couple of years, um, the, the COVID lockdowns and, and more recent times, Ukraine war um, has put pressure on inflation and supply chain prices and efficiency, et cetera. And we're seeing that energy consumers uh, have to face increasing prices and it is difficult. So therefore, um, we recognize and agree that an approach that is a transition where the government didn't remove the subsidy completely, but share the burden with the, with the public to make sure and protect other key interests interest that they would have, um, you know, as, as the approach. And I think that's a good approach. But we also have to think about the sector, the downstream sector. As I indicated earlier, our taxes uh, went uh, up significantly. And every time there's an increase in prices at the pump, our taxes increase because of the green fund business levy. And with the current um, proposed change in prices in the pump, we will face an additional 21% increase as a sector. That's $10 more million. So within a few years, we have moved from $17 million to about $60 million in taxes with fixed margins, margins that have been moved probably in a decade before what we have seen in recent times. And they were already 10, and, and margins are low across the world. So that um, we uh, look forward to a, a, a responsible management of this change that takes into consideration all these stakeholders um, so that we could continue to work together to find solutions to move the economy forward and keep people... So do, you, so, so do you expect that when the state raises the prices, because you said your taxation is going to go up by 21% or That's to correct. 21%, so I'm saying, is, is, it, is it that you expect that they're going to actually include at the point that they're raising the fuel prices, the relaxation of that margin that, that, that uh, petroleum dealers have to deal with and uh, allow you all to float completely and compete completely? Do you expect that as part of, your, um, as part of the government's rollout on, so on April 19th? You know, there's, there's a pricing order that is issued um, Richard, and that, that hasn't been issued as yet in terms of uh, this particular announcement of change in prices. But what we do hope for is a responsible way of managing that change. And that, that may not look like uh, a complete relaxation of um, the, the margins and, and the, you know, the settlement prices, but, um, but that is something that we will embrace. However, what we're saying is that it should have some consideration for the sector so that we can fund that increase in taxes, um, so that we could fund the, the uh, commensurate increases in, in costs and operating costs as well. Because as I said earlier, we all have to share the burden and we all will be affected and we all have to be supported in some way so we can we'll continue as a going concern. But surely, um, I assume that the petroleum dealers would have been making some sort of effort in terms of lobbying the government with regard to that issue I know you all have been lobbying for years, um, and it seemed to have fallen, fallen on deaf ears for many years until there was some sort of traction in terms of, of, of a relaxation of those margins. Um, is there some aggressive lobbying taking place now to, for that to be included in the pricing order? Yeah, and, and you are correct. We have, and, and I do know, I'm aware that the Victorian Dealers Association, we all continue to lobby 
the, the respective ministries and to communicate um, with them and to collaborate with them. Um, so we, we will seek an audience uh, again, um, and we have never really stopped uh, the dialogue. It's just that we have changed the, the format. Would it be correct to say the, the margins, based on how your business model is operating, will affect, well, it'll affect both your top and bottom lines, but uh, a lot of it also has to do with your volume of sales in, in a competitive market. How, how is that disaggregated, uh, given that, well, you are the next major player with one, one other major competitor in the country? Well, what we have seen is, uh, as a result of the lockdown, we were able to hold our market share, uh, as well as the other player. Uh, which is what, what, which is what, if you know it now, what is your, what's your market share? Our market share, 29%. So, so are there plans to try to increase that, or is that uh, under a particular regulatory framework uh, governed by the state in terms of yeah. more service stations to, to try and affect that, that gross uh, revenue statement? So um, we are always looking for opportunities to, exp uh, make, uh, to expand our services locally, but it has to be taken into consideration the environment and the economic environment and the opportunities that exist. But we always look forward for opportunities to, to increase access to our services. We believe it's a different experience and that people should have that option. So are there plans or you, you're, yeah? Yes, yes. The simple answer is yes. We, we always have plans and looking for opportunities. Except that what we have to do at this point, Richard, is to take in consideration the, uh, the change in, in prices and the, and the economic environment and the, the transition away from liquid fuel to uh, EV um, charging uh, as a form of refueling. I'm surprised that your, your market is 29%. Is I thought it was more, given that but this is just my personal experience, that the Unipred brand... I had a bad experience with, with your competitor. <laughs> had my had my truck many many years ago, and 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 quality of fuel. You know, I'm not going down the road of, of disparaging them, but the the double fuel filtration is is what I kind of look forward to at at Uniped service stations. Have, have you found that your customers have been asking for more service stations? Yes, that that is correct. They they always asking for more locations. This is a a capital intensive business and a, a operating cost um, is intensive. So that um, limits in terms of the rate in which we could expand, given we have a fixed margin. But we are always looking for opportunities to, to bring the services to new locations. Um, in recent times, we, 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 we took the business to Arima and was well received. We have a, a very good partner there. And uh, we are always looking for new locations where we could make it available to the, to the consumer. You don't have a convenience store in Arima though. Not every location can have one, uh, Richard. You just get both there, you know that, right? I know. You give me a shuttle bus. I try to take a smoothie. Um, your, com <laughs> your competitor does, though, eh? <laughs> yeah, and, and we have points of differentiation. And, and probably that may be one, and there are other things that we would, would bring that customer's value. All right, gentlemen, I just want to come in here for one second um, to give a, a traffic update. If you're southbound, um, on Uriah Butler Highway by Weimar, which is right before Monroe Road. Um, there is a two-car accident that um, there, which one of the vehicles has burst into flames. A lamppost is on, the, is on two lanes, and police have cordoned off the area and asking drivers to go to the extreme right lane. So two lanes are completely blocked. That is southbound Uriah Butler Highway by Weimar River. 
um, please take note and it, expect um, police has just closed off that two lanes so you could pass through. Talking about these accidents, Mr. Riley, is it just from my understanding, we all operators buy their raw material from the state, is that correct? The fuel, yes, from one supply. The state has a supplier, and, and that is uh, governed by legislation. The, has the closure of Petrofin affected you at all? No, I think um, Pyre did a, a great job in tran managing the transition. Of course, um, initially, you know, uh, there were some uh, adjustments that we all had to make, but quickly um, we had um, a very good uh, experience with, with Paria. What's the greatest, greatest chance facing your industry right now? I mean, the margins are fixed, uh, competition is steep, uh, Russia, Ukraine, or sending up the, the, the price of fuel globally. Uh, it just seems like you know, we have very little wiggle, wiggle room. Yes, it's the biggest challenge is what we have been articulating um, as a sector um, over the last six or seven years with respect to the pricing model. Um, we do recognize that an open a market approach allows innovation, it allows prices uh, to be competitive for, for different players to um, provide an, an opportunity for customers to have a different experience, et cetera. Uh, so what we think the biggest challenge is really the pricing model needs to be addressed. What about those who say that that, that is to protect the consumer? Because even in an open market situation in a small country, uh, and this, this has happened in other sectors, players can get together and decide, well, we want to fix the lowest margin, the lowest uh, market price at X, and the consumer is left paying more the pump because the players can get together privately or publicly and say, well, it's an open market. Now we can decide what our lower fixed point is. Yes. Um, and, you know, that trust and confidence has to be there. And we take that seriously. Um, we recognize that uh, fuel prices are open most places in the world. And that's not the experience. And prices in almost every other sector in Trinidad and Tobago it's open, and that's not the experience. Competitive forces kick in. Um, we pride ourselves in being ethical. We have actually already um, developed a, a pricing policy and strategy to, to make sure that we're competitive. And at the center of our policy is the interest and the welfare of the, of the consumer. And that has mm -hmm. always been Unipet focused. So um, we understand that concern, but quickly the, the consumer will understand that we would not support that, and we have confidence in the rest of the players that that wouldn't happen. And, and, so, if the uh, government liberalizes, so if the government liberalizes all of those issues and makes it very much an open field in terms of competition, um, wouldn't that draw in other players besides Unipet and NP? You may have Shell coming in, I don't know. And there may be other players that come in with gas stations like there are in the rest of the Caribbean. Um, are you, as Unipet, concerned about that? Or are you, do you want to, do you prefer it's restricted to just two players? No, we, we welcome um, competition. Competition drives innovation. Um, Richard, even though there are two players um, and two brands, there's always competition because there's substitution. However, um, if a, a new players would enter the market, it will only drive innovation and will manage fears that people have around prices, et cetera. So we, we, we welcome that. that. That is not a concern for us. In fact, we see it as a good thing. Um, however, what, we, what you may have to understand is that 
field business all over the world is a low margin business and very capital intensive to get into and the operating cost is high. So even though the market is open, it doesn't necessarily mean they will have a, a, a lot of players wanting to come in. They probably will have some entry, um, but it will be measured and controlled, particularly we are on the cusp of an energy transition to renewable energy and clean energy um, offerings. So, so there's a number of different factors you have to take into consideration. So just to pull a, a name out of the hat, you don't, you don't mind a massive gas coming into the market? Um, Paul, I've learned not to be tempted. <laughs> I'm being very mischievous there. I know. I want to go back to the, to, the, to the issue that Richard raised about the EV cars and the hybrid cars and, and given the pronouncement by the finance minister and the government about moving toward that sort of regime more about Super Bowl. Look at the Super Bowl commercials and you see what's coming in the next four or five years in Trinidad TV and around the world. If there were 15 Super Bowl commercials, there were eight hybrid cars, electric cars commercials, which means that's the direction the world is going. While oil and gas will be, I mean, say for a while, the world is transitioning quite quickly. Do, do you see that announcement by, by the finance minister and the government as an indication that Unipet and other players, but we're talking to you, you're the CEO of Unipet, has, has to get ready for people buying more hybrid cars and uh, EV cars to supply that market that may rise exponentially because I know I have uh, contacts in the car companies and orders for those cars are significantly up in Trinidad and Tobago. Yes, it is. And we think that's a welcoming thing. Um, we're, we're, our preparation for, for this change has preceded that announcement. Um, we recognize that that change was coming and we will put things in place so that we can give the customer that experience because that has to be managed properly as well from a, a refueling perspective. And there are a lot of issues that we have, we understand that will emerge in the, in, in the uh, society as we transition there and we put in things in place so that our customers have a good experience. But um, we welcome that, um, that commitment from the government and that initiative. Do you expect an expansion? Because one thing that this pandemic has shown me that businesses have to learn to pivot quickly. You pivoted quickly by introducing doubles at uh, one of your service stations which it might seem like a simple thing, but understanding the culture and the, and the customer needs and responding quickly is one of the, the things that agile businesses do very well. Do you see the expansion of those sorts of retail services even wider? Uh, while your core business is fuel, uh, the, I'm sure that part of your business model is maybe adding more and more. Is it adding more and more to your, your revenue base? Um. Well, we have plans of um, introducing some exciting um, re retail uh, convenience store initiatives in the market. That it's just, just, just bust the mark, Nadexter. Just bust the mark. Yeah, yeah, I, I just want to bust the mark for right now, but, but stay tuned. Stay tuned. It's exciting. You keep saying stay tuned. Give us a better hint than, we did, than the classic CEO response. Stay tuned for exciting innovation, innovative experiences coming soon to Unipet service stations nationwide. We will wow the market with products and service ranges that will pique you and entice you. I know, I read the commercial, so I know. So, well, you just took all the words out of my mouth. <laughs> no, um, you see, what we don't want to do, Paul and Richard, is to um, announce things before we're ready, because once we do that, the appetite for this will be there. Um, and, and that just need to be responsible. But the simple answer to your question is, yes, we do recognize that the model has to change, business model has to change, and we need to bring innovative ways in terms of generating 
um, new revenues to replace uh, the fuel revenues and, and margins, but also to add value to the customer in different ways. And, and that's yeah. where we have been doing a lot of investment and research on. And we, we are to put a tight building in terms of production offerings that we hope to roll out before the end of this year. I will tell you, my, I have one complaint about Unipet. I wonder if I should say it publicly. But you're the CEO, so, and, and maybe you have no control over it, is the, the, the space of the service stations. And I know that's a, a, a product of land acquisition or property acquisition, but that, I use the one in St. Augustine a lot, and I mean, very often you kind of in the road <laughs> waiting yes. to go into the service station because of the yes. limited space of the of the compound yes um uh, that goes back to the history of how unipet was formed and what unipet is about unipet was formed by the dealers um you remember uh we would have probably shared recently our founding father mr romani and, and then we have another founding member dr ari who passed recently and they were operators of small stations that wanted to bring innovation and felt that they needed to do that by forming something different. Um, so you find that a, a number of smaller operators who got together and, um, and formed Unipet. And uh, those who are actually legacy locations have the option of choosing the network and becoming part of the network. And that's why it evolved that way. But when we had the opportunity to do something new, like the Brentwood experience, we addressed that. And, and, the, and our Lady Hills experience, we addressed that. But it's really around the history of the business, but we really appreciate you know, customers like yourself who, who work with that um, and to, to support our business. And we thank you for that. That is like the perfect CEO response, huh? Oh, my God. Would you be willing to take some calls, Mr. Riley? I'm sure our audience would be certainly, certainly. having questions. Uh, the numbers are, yeah. this man have the, we are you tree in Harvard, or what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so call 222-8255-612-8255. And those in North America, 866-525-1099. All right, that's our numbers, of course, our message board, as usual. Maybe we should make you the junior minister energy. That was politically correct. Yes? I was a junior minister. I'm not going to try to say I'm trying to oust the minister energy. You know, the first thing is. <laughs> anyway, we're taking your calls now. Uh, yeah. I guess the CEO of Unipet uh, Service Stations, uh, Mr. Dexter Riley. We're talking energy prices and, of course, fuel costs expected to go up uh, as of April 19th. Same day school reopens. Mm-hmm. Uh, our poll this morning was neck and neck for a while, but interestingly enough, our anecdotal poll said that most people don't think the government should reconsider, which is quite interesting to me. I guess the news was coming because the government had signaled for a while that they, they, they were moving in the direction and this was supported by the business chambers of reducing the fuel subsidy over time. Certainly. Because of the cost to the state. Yes. Any calls, Khan? Um, nothing given a minute yet. So, so uh, well, in, in that case, in closing, what, what can we expect? Um, you said innovation is coming soon. Can we at least get a timeline? For 2022, the end of 2022. Wow. <laughs> no, we, we operate in a regulated environment. Yeah. Paul and uh, I understand. You know, we, we, we do have always full control of our timelines. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to wait on the, on the slow machinery of the state sometimes. Too. Ease of doing business, Paul. What are you talking about? The minister the said the, minister said the, the ease of doing business is... Um, is going to be phenomenal. Uh, well, I'm using words that she didn't use. 
I don't think she's ever used the word phenomenon. I don't think she can use the word phenomenon. Let's not, let's not drag Mr. Riley into that controversy. Mr. Riley, thank you for being here. Thank you. Business, You're very kind. <laughs> That's it, man. Appreciate Let's hope you get a convenience store in Arima. All right. Well, gentlemen, before Mr. Riley goes, I do have a couple of calls coming through, so let's grab them. Good morning, caller. Where are you calling from? Hi, good morning. I'm calling from La Hoketa. Right, go ahead. Um, I don't have a question for Mr. Riley, but um, I regularly patron the St. Augustine station. I just want to commend them. I think the staff is is always so helpful. I've, I've seen them change um, person's tires, helping them with the, with, with the air. Mm -hmm. um, I even noticed they've, they've brought their alcohol selection um, outside on the floor just to give a better experience. So um, I, I think I saw them paint the station recently. So that station in particular has had a big lift recently. So I just want to commend them on that and hopefully we see um, Unipet and the other stations continue to grow and, and provide education and, and quality for the, for the consumers. All right. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. You. All the best to you. Thank you. All right. All right. Uh, any more calls coming through? We could grab a couple of calls. Uh, come through quickly. As we have limited time for Mr. Riley. Any any plans to go up the islands? Yes, um, you may have um, seen our uh, article where we are actively pursuing Guyana, and we have gotten a very good reception there. Uh, people are familiar with the experience that we, we we offer in Trinidad, and they look forward to for us bringing innovation. Uh, may I ask the rhetorical question? Why Guyana? It's a Caribbean territory that we value. But it's not the carbon. Isn't that Guyana is certainly seeing a resurgence of its economy? Is that clearly why the opportunity no, lies we, there? We have, we have had a partner, uh, Paul, um, in Guyana long before the resurgence. And uh, it was just a matter, again, time in terms of pushing through the application for the license. Uh, we, it's eminent. We have had uh, a, a number of the stages successfully completed. Um, so it is. It, it does coincide with the resurgence of the economy, and it, it, it makes a better for our ability to provide innovation and, and quality of service. But that wasn't necessarily driver. We we always had a, a vision of going regional, and it just take time. Business takes time. All right, we do have another call. Good morning. Yeah, morning, morning, everybody. Richard, good morning. Morning. Um, yeah, morning, Mr. Patrick. I was no listen. TV six I believe just out there and um they was asking the head of the chamber is at the Grandi. Yes? Mm -hmm. About gas prices and if the government had what they could have do? <laughs> they couldn't do nothing, that was the result. They said they couldn't do nothing. They had to raise that price. And um this is a Miss Tishara. Yesterday, she said the same thing. So they asked them, what was the timing? She said, well, that's a special time. But I tell other people think otherwise, as I asked just now, what they should do with the guys' prices. So you don't know who talking the truth or everybody look at the thing differently. Yeah, well, I mean, well, a lot of economists, um, would say that it has to go up because of the price of oil. I mean, the government had, I think the government had an excellent opportunity when the price of, price of oil was low 
um, where the if, where the effect would have been less if you allowed it to um, you allowed the market price to float, so to speak, at that point, um, because people were actually paying more for premium than the, the the regular market at one point in Trinidad because the the subsidy was virtually removed on premium. And, and, what the price, saying, and the price was so low. What are you saying on CNN last night? That Putin going in a different phase of a war. So you might see the gas prices go up more again. Yeah. And if it goes, if it really skyrockets, and those increases will go up again too. Eh? In Trinidad, I don't think the state will have any choice. And she, and she, and she says a worldwide thing. We can't get away from that. So yeah. I, I don't know. I do. Well, you can get away from it if you have enough money to subsidize, but we don't. Well, I think that's the basic gas. Oh. Biden released some reserves, so Vice President dropped it in America, but we have no reserve to release it. All right. All right. Thanks, Mr. Patrick. Right. Mr. Riley, uh, Andre is asking um, Do gas stations benefit from any tax or customs duty incentives? No. There you go, Andre. No. Y'all are more penalized than, than pretty so much. Yeah. It's a heavily regulated sector, very heavily regulated sector. I can say it for you. Y'all are more penalized. I know you wouldn't want to use that word. I'd probably say well articulated, Richard. <laughs> All right. Um, any more calls? We'll squeeze a call or two in. Um, 222-8255-612-8255. We do have the CEO of Unipet, Mr. Dexter Riley online with us this morning. Any right? plans to open any new service stations in the, in the next couple quarters? Yes. Um, we are um, actively uh, finalizing some plans um, so the network will probably expand. Uh, but again, it's difficult to uh, announce timelines when you're very regulated. So when once we have regulations um, issues resolved, we will communicate. But, yeah. And, and yes. it's a function of market scanning, but uh, really there's always complain that, well, we don't get service stations, but I know it's also a function of operating cost. And if you put, if you do a market scan and you don't have the volume, it doesn't make sense because it's not going to be sustainable in that area. Uh, is that kind of how you rationalize it? And Unipet is in Tobago, right? Yeah, Unipet is in Tobago. Right. So, yes. And that is why we said earlier that uh, open market uh, is better. Because even if in a rural area, the price is slightly higher, it's still cheaper for the consumer that, that has to travel, drive to get gas, burn gas to get gas, and burn back to, to go back, you know, to their home, etc. Um, uh, uh, you know, the, the spread in terms of the elevated cost, if it is the ad free um, margins and prices, those are the kind of benefits people will see. And that's why I said that, you know, only in time, the confidence and the trust in the model will show up because there will be benefits to the consumer. It's not just benefits to the sector alone. There'll be benefits for the government, the consumer, and the sector as well. You know, I think I have to commend you also on that senior gas branch. I remember when the finance minister made the announcement, you know, Trinis love to rush when they hear gas price increases. They didn't hear April 19th, eh? They just hear gas fuel prices increasing and they rush to the service station. We have this strange phenomenon. If we hear we're going to have a lockdown, we rush for toilet paper. We buy at all the toilet paper. Like, we don't know <laughs> where we'll get toilet paper. <laughs> and on that day, there was a rush in St. Augustine and the security came out and was helping to direct traffic. And I found that very commendable to ease the, because the, the, that's a kind of congested area with mm -hmm. Lakshmi girls and 
and the credit union our president stuff and i thought it was very commendable that the the, the the company took the opportunity to help to alleviate the traffic in that area so as, yeah. as the, but as paul the you were part of the rush too then that's that's the that's the uh, um that's the anecdotal I, I, evidence i was actually <laughs> going to go and when i saw the line from uv going in there i um i said no there's no need to rush get rational it is april 19th take your time and you will get you will get fuel tomorrow so yeah there was a somehow immediate reaction in myself also for some strange reason yes i admit that mr rally thank you very much for being with us thank this you morning. thank you appreciate it all right, all, right. all the best thank here you. and thank, thank you, you so much for being on the power breakfast show at power 102 digital Thank you for giving us the opportunity. All, All, the best right. to you guys. All the best to you. Be safe. We need to tell um, Richard's wife that the app is working perfectly. Uh, the streaming is uh, we have the top location, 71% of our listeners and viewers are from Trinidad Tobago. Second, the U.S. at 17%. No, uh, 70%. And guess where's third? Cyprus. So good morning to our listeners in Cyprus this morning. Followed okay. by Canada, the United Kingdom, Barbados, Switzerland, China. Good morning, China. Bahamas and 10 other. So those are the top 10 locations where we are streaming to profoundly this morning. Good morning, Cyprus. Mm-hmm. And Switzerland. Ooh. And, cool and Switzerland. Data. Cool day to set there, Paul. I'm we impressed. Have high end, we have high-end <laughs> demographics. A cool day to set there. I'm impressed. Good morning, Ruben. <laughs> Cyprus of all places. Interesting uh, data information. And he says everything's working fine. He checked the back end. He's the... Richard, Richard, just buy the girl a Mrs. phone. Mrs. Proper phone. phone. I'm going just to buy deal, with, phone. Deal, deal with it. Deal with whatever complaint that you, you have. You're using three phones yeah. and a woman and a old phone? Come on. I have one phone. That anyway, has fallen he, so he many times. I'm afraid to show it. She can't call you outside. It has fallen so many times. It has fallen so many times, I'm like, okay, you fall again. <laughs> Don't even bother. I say, once you continue to work, once yeah, when I pick you up, the screen lights up. I say, okay, you're good to go. <laughs> There's an interesting case I want us to discuss after the news, which involves a young, a 26-year-old Texan woman who had a self-induced abortion and has been charged. Right, right. I just yes. find it uh, abortion rights activists as activists are up in hand. This is always a controversial topic. Abortion will always be a controversial topic. Because then it, the, the, the discussion about the mother's rights over her body versus the right of the fetus uh, to, to live. And it's always, but I think it's always a healthy discussion to have. Well, it's, it's always a controversial topic in countries that are predominantly religious. True. Rather than which scientific. Is, which, is, which is most of the world. No, Europe doesn't have this big controversy about abortion. So you you think Europe is not as religious? They absolutely are not in, as religious in, as the United England, States. Two churches, Spain. They're absolutely not as religious. Who, fundamental. When I land in the name of the church, but, wait, I can I finish my sentence? They are no. absolutely not as religious as the United States in terms of the politics and the division yeah, along those that. lines. Yeah, they, they separate politics and religion more than the U.S. The U.S. politics is heavily religious. It mix up like a giant Kalaloo. The in Kalaloo. Are so powerful. Because that Bible Belt is a huge voting, voting block. Yep. And so, where is Texas? Smack in the middle of the in Bible the Belt. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
We should send you to Texas for three years to work. Yeah. Come back and evangelical. I'm, I can see if I can bring the Bible in his hand. I'm very good at. I'm very. I'm very good at navigating um, religious um, discussions. You know. Yeah, but it's, it's, I found this. A, I find this a very, very interesting case. Yeah. That that she she had a self-induced abortion, and now she's facing. Or she may have been charged. I think. With murder. Crazy. Yeah, she's been charged with murder. So I mean, clearly the the the. the Fetus is looked on as a human being who, whose life was taken against his or her will. And that, a, that's always, it's always a, and especially when men talking about it to her, because you know, well, I mean, it's a woman's body. So that dynamic also plays in. Yep. So never a dull moment. 759, is Slippy there? Nope. Why are you all calling? Why are you all so disrespectful? Because we just generally by nature are. We're irreverent by nature. Like you should know. Me? I'm not. Right, you is right whole plays to throw stones at, at, at the state. Whole productions. No, no it's called throw humor. Stones at people. It's, it's called oh, humor. Yeah, that's the excuse. Humor. Oh my God. It's humor. called humor. Comedians take so much license, sir. <laughs> they could say anything they want because it's, I'm a comedian. It's mm-hmm. humor. It's humor. Yeah. Our listener from um, LA who went to your, uh, your play on Saturday or Sunday. Why and he says his most it was the best thing you've seen in a long time. Oh, I, I, so I, I told him for that. Yeah, so I told him you'll write a check to to Naprima Bolka. I think he broke a chair. <laughs> laughing. Specify laughing. Yeah. I think he broke a chair. If we said you broke a chair before different reasons, but he broke a chair laughing. <laughs> oh, well yeah. that was humor. <laughs> that was humor, Paul. That was humor. <laughs> This is next. Look, look, look at that. You take out the video. Sleepy. I need a raise. Thank you for choosing Power 102 Digital. Listen every weekday for our live show starting at 6 a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.